Welcome to the Mental Arsenal Podcast, your go-to resource for creating an extraordinary life and business from the inside out. I am your host, Master Life Coach and Business Success Coach, Chris Acebu. This podcast is dedicated to helping purpose-driven leaders and entrepreneurs and ambitious people like you thrive in life and business by mastering the inner game. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. So my guest is a 27-year-old Filipina CEO of a 50-plus person outsourcing company and a coach for those who want to learn how to work online. She basically teaches remote work on both sides as an employer and as an employee. She started working online when she was only 15 years old, navigating the online world and getting paid for articles and quick tasks. In the last six years, she went from being a PTSD survivor to helping start international businesses and start her own coaching business. She's also an international public speaker and have been on multiple other podcasts sharing her story. So welcome to the show, Lian Lacava. Thanks, Chris. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, th- uh, very happy to have you on. Um, so why don't you talk us, uh, talk us through your journey getting to where you are now as a, C- a 27-year-old <laughs> CEO? <laughs> I think that's so impressive. So walk us through that journey. So as I said earlier, so I did start uh, pretty early when I was 15. I was literally just browsing around um, and had my own blog as, as one did at that time. Very much blogger, blog spot um, even. Uh, that's where I had a platform and someone said, hey, I really like the way that you write. I would love to hire you as my uh, ghostwriter. I was like, I have no idea what a ghostwriter is, but sure. So I figured it out as I go as I went. Um, and that was kind of just the what jump started all the path and uh then when i was 18 uh, i was also in in the introduction i went through typhoon yolanda which where i literally almost died inside of my own house um because the water was coming in up to my neck um and a lot of heavy furniture on my way and then i got myself out of that um and then had the made the decision basically to to really fully commit into working online and finding jobs that way. And so then I don't have to be stuck anywhere else. And then uh, became CEO of a book publishing company when I was 20. Um, it was a startup company and I was trained up to become CEO of that. And then a few years later, I was like, okay, everything is automated. What do I want to do next? So then it was, um, it, then it came actually of starting i wanted to start a service-based company where it would help a lot of filipinos work from home which is a lot of a lot of what i talk about a lot of what i um when it comes to my youtube channel a lot of things that i that i teach so i was like okay first assistance it is um and that was kind of the birth of 2xu which is my baby um and since then we've kind of been serving a lot of hands in uh, we serve clients in this in australia primarily in the in um us in the uk uh and a lot of what we do is to train a lot of these amazing people on how to work well with their clients and then um for me on my end i just have fun doing it it's just my um I did something that i have to do yesterday i just did an hour and a half of coaching call for one of our assistants struggling and i was like this is the thing that I love to do. You don't have to be you know, scared of it because it's literally why I started to exceed the way that it is. So um, that is me. I love that. That is so good. And I think that's one of the objectives of this podcast too. It's really to have guests like you who are 
really living what we would call like following your bliss or living your incarnation where you do work that is so fun and enjoyable and it's just it energizes you and you feel so pulled to do the work and this is so important because i think a lot of people when they start a career or build a career that's out of alignment always this conception of having to force themselves to have to do something. But what Leanne really shared that's so insightful is that work can be fun. And of course, it does take some work. There is a process to getting to that point. But I think what I'm trying to say is that it's possible and it's such a wonderful place to be in. And yeah, and I love how you talked about how you started. I mean, it's really just coming from a place of fun and curiosity. You started a blog and things just unfolded from there. And I think some magic really happens when you just show up, you know, and I can totally resonate with your story because that's how I started when I was freelancing eight or nine years ago. It, I just was curious of like, how can I make money online? I was waiting for the results for my board exam. And I was like, how do I be productive <laughs> financially? And, you know, I, and then just one thing led to the other. And then now we're doing this and life just unfolds. But it would not have unfolded had I not gotten in the game, had I not tried things, had I not allowed myself to be stupid and not know what to do and just oh, yeah. figure things out in the process. Like, I love how you share that. You know, you figured things out as you went. And I think that's really powerful too and something to reflect on because I think for a lot of people, that's one of the things that stops them from doing something that they want to do is this sense of uncertainty and wanting to know the whole path. But that's not possible because we're not fortune tellers. So we can't tell the future. But we can, what we can focus on, though, is the next step. And then that next step reveals the next step. And I think that's the, okay. at least for me, the path forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. And, and you overcame such a traumatic experience with the storm and having the water like to your neck. <laughs> that must be crazy. Can you talk a little bit about how you overcame that because that must be a lot yeah um <laughs> because uh that was a, that's the that's the funny thing about life is like you think like oh, oh i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and then something hits you and then uh all of a sudden things weren't as fine uh so a lot of of course I, and i always do credit a lot of the work that i was able to do um a lot of it came from a lot of self-development books a lot of it came from audiobooks that are of of TED Talks and like all of that. But the biggest one, of course, that I always credit to is just I had an amazing therapist. Um, I'm very open to like talking about the 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 whole basically nine year journey that I went through discovering like, oh, no, I started having anxiety attacks when I was like 12. Um, it wasn't something that was a recent thing. And like uh, going through chronic depression, going through uh, being able to accept i guess it's the best word of like i had also a panic disorder and like dealing with with a lot of the pressure that i also kind of put on myself and also the pressure that i've received as like the athlete as the eldest um i had to work my way through that i'm still working my way through it but it's a lot of it was just a lot of it was trusting that i that i could get there that was kind of, it's the same uh, path as my journey of like figuring out how to become a freelance writer just 50. It's like, I trusted like, no, oh, I'll get there. Other people have gotten there. Um, I just have to trust the journey that I'll, I'll, I'll get to a place where I'm happy with myself. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And 
that is one of the great ways really to navigate around a new challenge or problem is really to look back. So what Leanne said was like, okay, she was able to do this when she was starting out with her writing and working online. So she can borrow whatever internal resources she had in those moments and use it to this new challenge now. So that's always a powerful exercise when it comes to venturing into a new domain. If you're trying something new, if you're trying to learn a new skill, you can always rely on your previous successes and wins. So that's a really great place to come from and just borrow that psychically, bring that into the present moment and you'll figure things out like Leon did. So that's really awesome. Yeah. So one of the things that you talked about too is getting help from like books and audiobooks and just learning. I think that's really powerful too. But you mentioned that the most powerful, powerful thing was getting help from a therapist. And I think that's a really powerful statement because there's a lot of stigma around mental health. And um, sometimes the, the thought of hiring a therapist, there's always a presumption that you're crazy. Um, and there's a lot of like shame around the, the whole topic. And there is sort of like um, an increase in an openness in the conversation. But yeah, definitely more conversation needs to be had around mental health and our, how we look at people who might need therapy. And it's nice to I'm glad that you had a, a help from a really great therapist and you help you uncover things that you were not even aware of where they, they help you uncover blind spots and things you didn't know were actually there. And yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah. 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 Thank you. It's, it's not always, like I said, there's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of like, oh, I have to admit that I'm this to be able to get help. But honestly, like, now I see therapy as a way like, Oh, you know, if my I've had a headache for 10 days, I'm going to go get a checkup. If I have had panic attacks twice a day for the last week, I'm going to get a therapist. So that's kind of the the uh, the thought that I've kind of developed in the last couple of years on that as well. It's like knowing that it's okay to ask for help, that it's part of mm -hmm. you taking care of yourself. Um, or else you'll just kind of spin yourself into a rut and you'll never actually get out of it. Yeah, I think that's one aspect too, like our willingness to ask for help. I think more often than not, we get too self-reliant and independent and we attribute a virtue towards being self-reliant and not needing help. But yeah. there will always be moments in our lives where we'll, we'll need help. And if we really do reflect on it, a lot of the things that we accomplish in our life or in our business always involves other people. So we kind of like need to get out of our heads and and open our hearts to allow other people to help us. I think there's the aspect of allowing because sometimes it's just us, we're not willing to ask for help. And that's a really powerful thing to do. And, you know, it's a challenge if it's not something you're used to. Like if you're, if you're so used to life, just doing everything yourself, you create mm -hmm. this attitude of like, I can figure this out. Then there really will be moments where you get to a point where, okay, I need help. I can't, I can't do this myself. So there's so yeah. much power in asking for help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's easy to fall into that hyper independence, um, just because like 
uh, you know you can't control people, you know you can't control situations, so you just try to control yourself. But in reality, like you need other people's point of view. You might say that, um, you know, everything is is um, a mess, everything is this and that, and you might just need that perspective of like, hey, pause and and, and see this for what it is. You know, um, you might be looking at this with um, uh, opposite of rose-colored glasses is gray-colored glasses. I'm like, you might just see everything as gloom and doom. Um, but then if you look at it, like, no, there's there's something that you can grab or grasp, so then you can pull yourself out of it as well. Right. Yeah, and talk, talking about all these things just brings to mind a theme of resilience, which is something you've sort of mentioned that you wanted to talk about on this episode. And I think resilience is such a powerful character trait to have and something that we all should develop. Uh, can you walk us through what resilience means to you and maybe talk us through how we can be more resilient in our lives? So it's funny because like I remember at, at the point where um during all the like when you land stuff or all of the news outlets all about it was talking about like how, how resilient are these um from Takloban, Taklobanons for these people from late there for some are how resilient they are and are picking up themselves. And at that point, like I got I remember I got so angry with the word resilient just because it meant it also meant on the other side that they were abandoning us. It's like, oh, then they can take care of themselves. They don't need help. So that kind of made me angry. But in the last couple of years, I, I keep playing with the word of beyond resilience, beyond just being resilient. What does that make you? Because usually when we say that we're being, like now we're being resilient, it's because we're going through stuff, we're in survival mode. We're trying to make sure that we can get through the next day um, and actually wake up and be able to to live. Because after after those couple of days and um, after we land up, we didn't know, no idea where the food was going to come from. We didn't know where help was going to come from. We didn't know if we could even sleep through the night because there were like terrors of people invading houses and like taking over <laughs> and just stealing things. Right. So it was not, I always go back to that feeling, but then anytime now that I've, I go through things in life where it's a struggle or I don't think I can get to the other side, I remember that, okay, I just have to be resilient now because then that will carry me forward to the next thing. Because the next thing for me after Amanda is moving here to Cebu and having this life that I've lived in the last um, almost nine years now of building a life that I wanted to build. And it came from, okay, I, I know the process. I know the ups and downs of life. I understand this fully it sucks now but i know that if i take it upon myself to keep going and to learn lessons sometimes there's no lessons even uh to move forward to the next step is that i will get to where i want to be wow that's so powerful talking about like just keeping at it and it's nice that we get to acknowledge how oftentimes the things that we go through make us stronger. You know, there's that popular saying that goes, so it doesn't kill you, make you stronger. Mm -hmm. And we can look at things in hindsight and think that, yeah, that was very unfortunate. And we can all create a sob story around it. But on your end, you kind of like turn that around and transmute that into a lesson and into a character trait where you know, you've become resilient and you've used that in so many aspects of your life and it adds a richness to your life. And it's a great way too to serve people and help people because you're coming from an experienced place. You know, it's more powerful that way. It's so easy to talk about resilience, but having gone through a situation where resilience was required 
and it was a lived experience for you, I think makes it really inspiring and powerful. So thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Um, I like one of the things that you said earlier of like, uh, like you picked up, like when you start to try something, you think that you're starting from scratch, but you're really starting from all of the experience you've had even before. So like reflecting on that of like, Oh, like I've, I was actually able to achieve it. Like the other day I was talking to um, an assistant. She's like, Oh, I don't think I'm a builder. And like, I'm, I'm more of an implementer. I implement things for the clients. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you're a mom. Let, tell me the last time you built a system in your, in your home. And like, Oh yeah, I built this. I did this. I have this grocery system and this, that's you building. You're not starting from yeah. scratch. You, your whole life, you probably were just sold as an implementer, but no, like if you look at the different things in your life and then that inspired her like, Oh Yeah. I can't be so like sometimes we forget just because we've been told one story our life of like how we are and how we should be um that there is more than that and it, it goes into that resilience is most of the time we want to block out that painful painful memory um but it honestly like if you look at that and you just do self-reflection of looking like oh yeah I was able to go through that crap I should be able to, to handle the next thing that comes my way in life yeah and I think that speaks to our mind's bias towards negativity. Like we mm-hmm. have this um, heuristics or shortcuts in our minds and our mind you know, is kind of like hardwired to look out for anything that's wrong or anything that I need to watch out for because the mind is optimized for our survival. But mm-hmm. the threats of the past no longer exist now. So yeah, we do have that tendency to focus on the negative, to focus on our weaknesses, to focus on the things that we're not able to do, the things that we have not achieved. And it's so easy to overlook, you know, all the things that we've done right, all our successes. And it takes some practice and some discipline. I love the word discipline because it Mm -hmm. shares a root word with disciple. So it's like disciplining the mind really to have that practice self-appreciation and even beyond just how the brain is hardwired, I think we're just socially programmed too, not to celebrate small wins. Oh, you yeah. know, we've learned in school that you have to be the first, you have to have a perfect score or a really high grade in order to be worthy yes. of celebration. And yep. we need to like brush that off our minds and learn to develop the habit of celebrating ourselves and, you know, in social media we get people's reels the the reels of their lives the good things in their life and you know mm-hmm. we of course know that's not the full picture but we need to do that for ourselves too like what are the highlight reels in our yeah. life you know what are the awesome moments and achievements uh, in our lives and really look back on that every once in a while and, and pull from that resource so that always not coming from a place of like, you know, I'm not enough, I'm not skilled enough, I'm not smart enough, because we are. It's just that, like you said, I really like that you said, we just forget. So it's really a matter of remembering and recognizing that we are awesome and that we are more powerful than we think. It's, um, I like the way that you said that. I mean, usually really focus on the big things, but like the small things are built up to the big things. And like you were talking about discipline, you know, you, you, you always fall to your level of discipline, not your level of motivation. Um, so when you're, when you think about it, like if you are in a habit of building up your habit of doing the wins of, of, uh, being able to 
recognize yourself when you're doing really amazing. And even on days where you feel like crap, um, that's going to be an aid towards your resilience, towards the growth of where it is that you want to be in life. I love that. I like how you really weave in the concept of resilience too. Um, and to me, what I relate with that is just to synonymize and to color the word resilience a little bit more. It, it reminds me not just necessarily of self-discipline and self-control, but also like grit and mm -hmm. perseverance. Um, because, you know, you're right. Like if you're doing something new, there will always be an inherent inertia. Like you have to kind of like initially push yourself a little bit in order mm -hmm. to get something done or move past your current zone of comfort. And yeah, that does require grit and resilience. And if there's anything too I really like about resilience that I want to weave into this conversation is that we, Leanne and I, we're not talking about resilience as in burning yourself out, oh, yeah. as in like, you know, working uh, until your fingers bleed. Um, that's not resilience. And, you know, resilience is all about pushing through a little bit further. It's not about like, killing yourself and burning yourself out. Yeah. It's just like challenging the limits, your current limits. And what's so awesome about this is when you stretch your limit, you reach a new level. And then that level has its own limits. And with resilience, if you stretch that, you know, you get to higher and higher levels. And it's so amazing what you get to accomplish if you just keep being resilient through challenges and difficulties. And I think also with resilience, like what comes to mind is really just a willingness to go through a difficulty, a problem, or a challenge. I think for a lot of people, we have an attitude of like an avoidant attitude around problems and difficulties. When problems and difficulties arise, we're like, okay, no, I'm going to do that. I want to deal with that. But when we are resilient, we are like, we have this mindset of, okay, how can I solve this? Okay, what skill can I learn to overcome this? Okay, who can I ask for help? And we come from a more resourceful place. And through that, we grow you know, personally, professionally. So, so many things to talk about, you know. When, yeah. When about yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a really good quote that I came across the other day of a question of, do you want to be comfortable or do you want to be happy? Which for a lot of people who've never come across that kind of content before, they're like, what? I have to choose one or the other, which is that's the reality of it. Sometimes the things that you want is uncomfortable. Sometimes the thing that you want, you have to sit in it, be uncomfortable as heck, because then you learn the lessons that then take you to where you want to be. Um, it's, it's a concept that, no, don't burn yourself out. No, don't hurt yourself. Just um, you know, a lot of people are talking about like the difference between um, hustle culture and white quitting. And I'm like, in the end, it's all about really finding what makes sense for you because some people love the hustle culture. It makes sense for them for their goals. Some people are quite quitters because it also fits with them and who they are and their goals. So you really have to learn to find and figure out what works well with you. So then when you're being resilient, it's not that you're killing yourself. You are just waiting for the next version of yourself to come out. Yeah. And that's how you, that, like you said, that next version, that higher, better version of yourself, that is how you get there. It is through resilience. You don't get to that higher version by, like you said, staying within your zone of comfort. Um, mm -hmm. And I think with resilience, 
it requires also courage and boldness because when you venture into areas beyond your comfort zone, it will feel like it's new territory. It's new domain. You've never been mm -hmm. there before and it will feel scary and your mind will mm -hmm. talk you out of it. Like, don't do it. It feels so threatened. It will feel threatened in terms of like physical injury or harm. It's just wired that way. But then if we can develop the mental tools to self-soothe and tell ourselves that it's okay. And again, this is why it's so key. I think I mean earlier that when you use resilience to overcome a challenge or to stretch yourself beyond your comfort zone, it's just stretching a little bit. It's not mm -hmm. overstretching yourself because what tends to happen is either you snap back and it's a very painful return to your comfort zone because the challenge was too big. It was too drastic. The step is too big a step or you literally snap and break and you burn out. And, you know, burnout is not a good place to get to because it's very hard to recover from burnout. People think they can just take a few days or a week to recover from burnout, but it actually takes way longer to bounce back when you get to that place. So really avoid reaching burnout. And one thing that I missed to mention earlier about resilience is we also need a resilience to rest or the grit yeah. to rest. Like we need to know once good enough is good enough, it's time to rest and recover. That is the other aspect of performance and, and work that often gets overlooked. It is rest and recovery that allows us to do the work that we want to mm. do, do the things that matter. So, yeah, I think a yeah. lot of conversation needs yep. to be had around that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's 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 so tempting to fall into that trap. Like I always need to be working, especially like from as an entrepreneur, I fall into it all the time and I know you shouldn't do it. I know like I, I teach it to other people. But I, there will be this like, oh, I only work four hours a day. Now I should be working until like midnight and like burning the midnight oil. And I'm like, no, you work four hours because you were able to show up for that. And that doesn't have to mean that you have to keep pushing beyond what you can do because then you're just literally wringing yourself um, yeah. out of what you can do in your capacity. So 100%. Like uh, um, a lot of people look at me and like, productive doing this and all doing that but i always highlight like no i rest i like try to get yeah. eight hours of sleep not always but i try to get eight hours of sleep mm -hmm. i pause when i need that pause i usually have a 30 minute buffer in between meetings or else I'll, that's another way for me to burn myself out it's mm -hmm. important to learn like I was, I was talking about earlier about rhythms it's so important to learn your rhythm of what makes sense for you because what makes sense for you might not make sense for someone who likes doing the ADR work week um, because that's that's how they function. But then um, for the for the person who likes to just do two hour work days, that's also fine. It just has to make sense for you. And keeping in mind that um, again, you can't pour from empty cup. You have to rest. And I like the, you brought up the word self soothe. That's an, that's something that I've been trying to teach other people. Like you need to find ways to self soothe, not just through things that are addicting, but things that actually calm yourself down instead of spiraling into the next thing. So walk us through some things that you do maybe in your day-to-day -day, or maybe occasionally that you feel adds to your being a resilient person. Um, well, number one of there is 
as uh, rightly a background which is books i have um i think i have close up to 300 books which is crazy to say because when i moved here to Cebu nine years ago i only had two uh, <laughs> when i've been selling them still uh so that that's the first one is because the books both fiction and non-fiction it's the best way to get perspective from other people even if you don't have to follow you, you need to learn how to filter things um but that's kind of the the, the first one um is it gives again it shows you how other people have spent their lives or how other people um, have done it. And the other is like conversations, having conversations with people of like, hey, have you gone? Like especially like um, I this is why I love the idea of your, of your podcast as well. Is that people get to see and hear, hey, this is the the crap that this person went through. This is how they got it to the other side. That might not directly come um, reflect onto me, but then I can grab a few of the things of the tidbits of how they were able to get to the other side. Um, and on the other side, like I said, I have now fully ingrained in me, it took a while, of accepting that life goes through seasons. Uh, last year was a season of loss, loss for me with um, sadly losing my mom, breaking up after 10 years of a relationship. That was a season of loss. Um, and I had to learn, again, resiliency. I had to relearn of like, okay, this is how I can how I can fill the gaps of the relationships that I've basically had to grieve over. Um and like there, then there are seasons where I'm getting four clients in a month or eight clients in a month. So it's all keeping in mind that it's all just a cycle. And it's, it's up to you how you're going to ride those cycles. If you're going to ride them all grumpy and like, I can't wait for the next thing. Or you're looking and saying, curious, like, oh, what, what other lesson do I need to learn? Like I had, uh, I had a business coach um, say to me like a few weeks ago, um, where she's like, I know, Leanne, you're frustrated right now because you've done the work. You've you've learned the lessons. I know you're still struggling right now, but just stay put because you, there's probably something else that you need to learn. That's why it's still happening to you. And it, it did. Like the thing that I was like, oh, that's the last thing I need. Ah, okay, now I get it. Um, thank you, thank you for that season for teaching me this one thing. Now I can now I can carry that for me to the next part. Wow, that is so good. I really like how you share that. You know, in the areas where you struggle or feel stuck and you feel like it's a perpetual loop of stuckness and struggle, I really like that very powerful reframe of like, there's probably something you have not learned yet. Mm-hmm. So I want to have this action prompt to our viewers and listeners. You know, if there are there's any area in your life that you feel stuck in, whether that's in your health, whether that's in your relationships, in your career, your finances, or even in the way you have leisure, <clears throat> always have this mindset of what can I learn from this? Or what am I not learning or understanding from this yet? Because mm-hmm. that's so powerful what Leon just, just said. I like to think of that as wisdom because it's, it's a very powerful approach to our lived experience. So Every time you struggle with something, that's always the most powerful thing to ask. And that's what's even powerful with questions, too. It's like when you ask a question, it gives your mind something to focus on. So when you say, what can I learn from this? Your mind or your brain literally looks for the lesson. So instead of like, oh, I have a problem. Okay. Nothing happens, really. You're just labeling what your experience and there's you're coming from a unresourceful, unempowered place. But when you immediately look for like, okay, what is this situation trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. And that just reminds me the concept of like, everything happens for a reason. And the reason, this is the refinement, the reason is always to learn something. 
So mm-hmm. everything that happens to us, there's something that there's something to learn, uh, whether that's with ourselves or in the context of a relationship with someone else, whether that's personal, intimate, or a professional relationship. Mm-hmm. And when okay. we learn the lesson, yeah, that's when we can move on to the next level. And the and the really funny thing that people need to get is when you get to the next level, you'll also get next level problems. It's <laughs> <laughs> a funny thing. He's like, they see a lot of people talking about, it, especially therapy. They're like, I went through the inner child work. I did this. I did that. And why am I still living? There's still something for you to learn. <laughs> There's yeah. still like you just have that breakthrough. But now that you're here, there's new things you have to learn for the next level. So oh. it's it's. The funny cycle of life, and it can be, and I've felt that, uh, for lack of a better term, a resentment of like, why am I so self-aware? Why can't I just be like not wanting to improve myself? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but then you have to keep in mind if that's the path that you chose, this is the path that these are the, all the lessons that you need to learn before you get to that point. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. I love that. Yeah, I love how you shared self-aware. You know, once you think a lot of people use the term wake up you can't go back to sleep you can't close your eyes again so once you've crossed that chasm of being like living a passive unconscious life and you move on to the more proactive more self-aware you go back that's just how the brain works um when you wake up to that you see all these possibilities and you realize like yeah it does take work so it's not just all about like positive thinking and all the universe will take care of it like we need to meet it meet it in the middle and do the work, do the inner work. And I think for a lot of us, like life becomes a process or a journey towards our own healing, um, healing any past wounds, healing any insecurities, any fears to fulfill our purpose, which is to be the person that God would have us be, whether you're spiritual or not, you know, that is the impulse. And you'll know when you're not living up to who you know you can be. So I think like we're all hardwired for the full expression of our talents, our skills, our strengths. And when we play small, we struggle. And it's one of the reasons people feel depressed is that they don't feel aligned. Their life is not aligned with what they know they can be. Mm-hmm. And it takes inner work. It takes inner work to get there mm-hmm. it's a lot of work but if yeah like i said if it's building towards the life that you want it's the work that you have to do yeah and after you mentioned something earlier on our conversation you talked about uh, happiness and comfort i think that speaks to the concept of again comfort zone and going outside your zone of comfort and mm-hmm. really that is such a powerful skill to develop our own ability to be uncomfortable. Uh, I remember a lot of moments where being uncomfortable was so powerful. And I relate that to the context of having a difficult conversation with someone. So I think I, I had this with my family and, you know, I was willing to get there because, you know, I've had the the resources and it's what I do for a living. Like I literally train myself to have uncomfortable conversations with people and and just having to apply that in my own life, I think was so powerful. And, you know, I helped process a lot of old resentments and uncover 
stuff, you know, from within the family. But I think that would not have been possible had I not allowed myself to be uncomfortable and sit with the discomfort. And yeah, I think that's what takes us to the next thing, the next level in our lives and business. Like there will always be an inherent discomfort and we need to be okay with that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. part of the process. And even, okay, reframing that when you experience discomfort, it's a sign that you're playing around the limits of your comfort zone and it's a sign to keep going. I think for a lot of people, they take that to run away. Yeah, to retreat. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. So it's a very powerful change in thinking, really. Oh, yeah. It's, um, and it's funny, too, because, like, we'll see something like, oh, I'm changing myself in this way. But it's it's still you. You're not uncomfortable. It's funny because there's a concept of, like, uncomfortable enough of, like, eh, I'm not really sure if I want to do this, but I kind of want to have, like, this goal. But it makes it scary. That, 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 that back and forth between the comfort line and, and not. But, like, that's why I really love that concept that I, that I saw was, like, do you want to be comfortable? Do you want to be happy? Because most a lot of people are, like, just comfortable. But they're not really happy because they know there's so much more that they can that they want to have in life, they want to do in life. Um, and it's only by choosing to, okay, I'm willing to be uncomfortable to get what I want. That's how you get what you want, is, is being willing to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And to our viewers and listeners, like that's something that you will experience again and, and again and again. Mm-hmm. And what's important to note though is that. When it comes to discomfort or being comfortable with discomfort, it's a skill. And just like any skill, it's a learnable skill. And what's awesome with this is like the more you give this a try, the easier it actually gets, just like anything else. So Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar or used to putting yourself in uncomfortable situations or dealing with discomfort and you give that a try and you lesson there, the next time you do it, and the next time you do it, it gets easier and easier. And it actually yeah. accelerates your growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. So, and, you know, you mentioned too earlier about resilience, about conversations. I think that's really powerful too. I think in today's modern times, it's so easy to be disconnected get social media and everything that's going on with technology and how fast communication and information is moving so easy to get out of touch <laughs> so it's it's always nice to to connect with people and i think that's a powerful skill really to maintain relationships and to hone skills within the context of a relationship which involves deep listening Empathy, compassion, understanding. And that just bleeds into the other aspects of our lives too. Like if that's a personal relationship, like that can bleed into your career or your business. And those are mm-hmm. the things that we call you know, the soft skills, and which is so silly because they really are you know, hard skills. Um, mm-hmm. And they are harder to learn than the technical skills. Yeah. It's... it's <laughs> 
it's funny because the soft skills you develop resilience like you learn how to be, become a really good communicator by sitting in the uncomfortableness of communicating you learn how to become a good leader by sitting in the uncomfortableness in being a good leader so it's 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 all a process really and in the end it's things that um as cliche as it sounds like it things that no one could ever really take away from you you know um if you are a um facebook ads expert that's your hard skill and then tomorrow facebook closes that was that's been sadly been taken away from you. But the, the soft skills that you've learned, being know how to read analytics, being able to know um, instinctively know what works and what doesn't, that doesn't go away. That's something that even as you shift careers, as you shift businesses, as you shift new shift in life, um, no one can really take away from you. And and um, on the having difficult conversations, that's so sitting in things that you don't want to talk about is weird for both you and the person <laughs> so it's usually mm-hmm. better to just get it over with and like be able to communicate um and also on the other side of it is like we have uh keeping in mind that we always have different frameworks when it comes to life um that it's always is worth it to have that conversation with someone so let's say and this is an example that i use with my clients all the time like hey when i see jeep here in the philippines we mean public transportation if i say jeep there in the u.s it means that big freaking car that you guys drive around and in, in like um sand dunes yeah. and stuff and like when i first mentioned i remember when i mentioned that for the first time for one of our clients like really a public transportation for for using jeep i'm like yeah so like <laughs> when it comes to having these conversations you need to be willing to have the same framework like if you i say jeep this is what i mean this is when you say jeep this is what you mean and like connecting the dots together and again being uncomfortable with that of like okay having to align just so then you can move to the next thing versus butting heads all the time no this is what i mean this is what i mean it's just having that conversation of like okay what is your um a really powerful question I got the other day? Like, what's your intention with this? This is how I'm receiving it. What was your intention? Like having, like even me saying that gives me a little bit of an anxiety butterfly in my stomach. But you have to <laughs> um, be able to be willing to have those conversations so you can grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how you share that when you sometimes you just have to have this uncomfortable conversation with someone just to get it over with. And I think what's a nice realization about that. Once you try that for yourself, because I surely have had several uncomfortable conversations in my life, is that you realize after the conversation, just the mental and emotional lightness, liberation that you feel to get things off your chest, like not metaphorically, like literally getting things off your your chest or your shoulders, like you feel a lightness because you're able to move past something. And this is one of the reasons why a lot of people struggle when they're not honed in on their ability to sit down with uncomfortable situations or conversations. Mm-hmm. And that takes up a lot of mental space because you have to think about the conversation that you need to have, but you're not having. So mm-hmm. I like that idea of like, just get it over with. And the really comforting thing about that is like, yeah, when you do get over it, you realize like, oh, it wasn't actually such a big deal. You yeah. usually go out, you know, the two parties leave from the conversation feeling like something was resolved. Um, and yeah. You've you know, you yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. So, yeah. Leanne, one of the things that really impresses me about you is you manage more than 50 people as a leader. And I want this podcast to 
I dedicated this podcast for leaders too, purpose-driven leaders and entrepreneurs. And um, I want to ask, or, or I'm curious, what would be any advice that you can give based on your experience to help you be an effective leader? If you can name maybe two or three, if not more, like feel free. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them was literally, is literally the thing that we're talking about, having uncomfortable conversations and mm. the funny thing inside of that is teaching your people how to have uncomfortable um, conversations mm. especially like yeah. filipino culture of either we sweep things under the rug or we blast off into a full flight a uh, full fight in the middle of the streets yeah. <laughs> those are kind yeah. of like our extremes as filipinos like we sweep things under the rug or we fight fight in the middle of the street fist fight um so it's it's that one is like it's it's I've had sadly some conversations with people who, when they left, that's when they told me like, hey, I was really, I didn't really know how to approach you with this. So I just kind of left. But I'm like, no, we could have had that conversation. So that's, that was for me, for was a was a lesson of like, I need to teach my people how to have comfortable conversations, uncomfortable conversations. So then they can bring things up with me. Um, or if not with me, someone who can help them with their problem. Because like, as much as we want to train people who are solutions oriented, who want to are are uh, self reliant. They can do this. They can solve that. They need to also learn how to have like, hey, I'm stuck. I have no idea what to do this. Or hey, I saw you this. What was the intention for it? Because the story, and that's a, that's another really uh, powerful um, line. It's like the story I'm telling myself is you were you did this because you hate me <laughs> or something like that. Um, can you give me what their point of view is? So that's the first one because it's it's such a People usually say, oh, I'll be productive, be this, be that. But in reality, it's just having those difficult conversations, those uncomfortable conversations can be one of the things that move your, propel your business forward in a lot of ways. Um, and again, training your people how to also have those uncomfortable uh, conversations. I guess the next one is, and of course, as a bookworm, I always subscribe to is keep learning. Because like, there's always something that someone else is going to teach you even even if that person is like a high school graduate just wanting an internship to work with your company they will have something to teach you about something it doesn't have to be a big highfalutin thing it could be just like hey um it would be amazing if you said thank you more to your people and i'm like oh yeah that's that's a really just small thing but they, they, they're able to teach her that something so just being open to studying to learning from other people even in different phases of their lives because other people also learn from you from different phases of your life um and learning that situation and i guess a third really good one um when it comes to being an effective leader is and again, cliche, but it's so true. It's lead with start leading with yourself. Like one of the things I um, I can't keep telling people build habits, but I don't have habits myself. Or I can't mm. keep telling people like you should, you should track your this, track it that, but I wasn't tracking it myself. Um, yeah. So you have to lead really lead by example because people can tell when you're not working. People can tell when you're not being effective. People can tell. Mm. Um, if the company is also in trouble because they see, they look at you. Uh, so you have to learn how to lead and manage yourself, how to be, um, you know, you could have, you know, as funny as 2XU is hiring executive assistants and virtual assistants. You can have 10 virtual assistants, but if you don't know how to manage yourself, everything's just going to be a chaotic mess. You can have the most experienced executive assistant in the world. They've managed the most difficult people. But if you don't know how to manage yourself. I love that. 
yeah, it's just going to be a waste of resources and time for other people as well. So you have to be that leader who you are leading yourself because then other people can see that and can, they can follow and they can make their own path as well. Yeah, you really speak from a place of experience. And yeah, and, and with the leadership, like, yeah, really leading the way. And I, I like my own personal definition of leadership, which is going first. And mm-hmm. you, I'm sure you certainly do that in your company. And, you know, one insightful thing that you mentioned was like, you can have 10 virtual assistants if you cannot manage yourself. It's still, it's a waste of resources. That is so true um, because Mm -hmm. there are things that you cannot outsource. There are things in your life or business that you have to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you don't develop the skills to follow through or to learn the lessons um, and to to meet the demands of your own growth, your own unique curriculum, then you're always going to have a hard time. I think, yeah. So I think that speaks into leading the way also, like really doing the work and, and showing the way. And it's a great way to influence people from a place of example. I like that quote from Gandhi, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. And that's how we can affect that in people, you know, do the inner work and show them even failure. Show them mm-hmm. that your willingness to fail and to admit your mistakes. And it just humanizes the whole process. Now, I was just saying, all of that, all of the tips is just my experience of falling and like failing hard, flat on my face, having scrapes and bruises. I'm like, oh, that was a lesson the universe was trying to tell me. Okay, got it. I, I got it now. I have bruises on my head, but I got it now. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, it's like an aha moment where we keep, you know, failing and failing and failing and making mistake after mistake and finally getting to the, that point of, okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, universe, <laughs> for teaching me. I get it. Okay. All right. So, Leon, as we get to the end of the episode, uh, I want to give you a moment to share a little bit of how people can connect with you, how they can get to learn more about you or possibly even work with you. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, on finding my content, I am everywhere uh, just because one of the things that I see myself as a content monster. So I'm literally on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or YouTube. YouTube is where I post videos on how to be a virtual assistant and how to hire a virtual assistant as well. Um, so you guys can just find me. Just my name is is very unique. Thank you. Thanks to my mom and dad. Uh, so you can easily find me. Um, and when it comes to working with me right now, I, I, I tell people I'm a virtual assistant coach, but I don't have active um, coaching sessions. However, for if you guys just want advice, I'm very much open on on Instagram as well of like people asking me like, hey, how do I do this? Uh, And yeah, I'm just very much chill when it comes to communication. So just reach out to work with me. And if you guys want to work with 2XU um, itself, uh, you can just find us at 2XU.com. Fantastic. Leon, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. That was an insightful, fruitful, and fun conversation around resilience and uncomfortable conversations and a little bit on leadership as well. So to our viewers and listeners, remember to always follow your heart, 
to believe in yourself and to take action and to remember that success is something you attract by the person you become. We'll catch you next time on the Mental Arsenal Podcast. Hey, Go-Getter. Want to know a quick way to boost your motivation and productivity? Three words. Crystal clear goals. I have a guide for it. It's called Goalbook, your guide to crystal clear goals. Head on over to chrisacebu.com slash goalbook and grab your free copy now.